Welcome back to Escape, Leaving Hill Behind, we are excited to be back with you today. Welcome back to the podcast. I am here today with a special treat, two of our guest hosts, Mandy and Riley. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> hey, everyone. And so let's go ahead and jump right in. Um, I'm going to start by asking Riley a couple questions. Just like tell us a little bit about your background, what high control group you came from, how you left. Just give us a, a summary. Okay, I'll try, I'll try and keep it concise. So um, I was practically uh, born into the Jehovah's Witness religion. My mum was contacted by a missionary, funnily enough, um, when I was two years old. She started studying the Bible with them and she got baptised four years later when I was six. So I'm not technically born in, but I refer to myself as a born in because it's, it's all I've ever known. Um, I was a Jehovah's Witness up until the age of 42. Um, I had a lot of difficulties in my marriage. Um, I was married at 21 years old to another Jehovah's Witness. Uh, We had a a very turbulent relationship, which came to an end in January of 2019. Um, And then four months later, roughly, I uh, was disfellowshipped from the Jehovah's Witness religion. Uh, For those who don't understand what that means, I was basically kicked out or (laughs) excommunicated. And... um, yeah, but I, I remained a believer in the religion uh, for the next just over a year. Still thought it was the truth. And that year, while I was um, physically out, but mentally in, was absolutely horrendous, especially when COVID came around. I thought it was the Great Tribulation. I thought the end of the world was coming. I thought I was going to die. You know, I was just waiting for it to happen. Um, But then I decided that, you know, even though this is the fate that awaits me, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I decided that I was never, ever going to return to the religion, no matter what, even if it meant to save my own life, because I was just not happy as a Jehovah's Witness ever. Um, But, you know, I'd recently started a new relationship and I was the happiest that I'd ever been, the happiest that I could ever imagine being. And I just thought, what would I want to go back for? So even though I was scared of Armageddon, the end of the world, um, I knew that if I had a chance to save my own life by going back, I wouldn't do it. Um, But then, of course, the the world didn't end. We're still here now, (laughs) four years later. Um, But then I, I didn't start. I didn't wake up from the religion, from my indoctrination until just over a year later in June, 2020. In fact, two days ago was the anniversary of when I first started researching the religion. And what sparked it all off, funnily enough, was a (laughs) t-shirt. I was on the bus, June, 2020, scrolling through Facebook and it showed me a memory um, of something that I'd posted several years before. And one of the comments on this uh, post was from somebody who had unfriended me. So I, I just clicked on their profile to see what they were up to now. And their profile was a picture of this T-shirt. And it had in big, bold letters on it, apostate. Someone who thinks for themselves and refuses to be controlled, words to that effect. I can't remember exactly what it said. 
And I immediately started to panic because, you know, as Jehovah's Witnesses, you're taught that it, apostates are like the worst of the worst. They're like one rung below a demon on the ladder of evil, you know. Um, you, we're trained to have this visceral fear, this like phobia of, of apostates. And I saw all of this anti-JW um, stuff on, on her profile. So I immediately clicked out of it. But I could not stop thinking about it over the next week or so. It was like a, a virus in my mind, this question, why would someone voluntarily call themselves an apostate? Why would someone self-identify themselves that way? Um, because it's like the worst thing you can be as a human being. And I just decided that I had to answer that question. So I went on the internet and started looking for, intentionally seeking out apostate websites and YouTube channels to see what they had to say. And I was woken up within a week, I'd say. The very first video that I watched made so much sense. It was like, I can't believe that I never saw all of this all along. And I just went down the rabbit hole and within a week, I'd completely dismantled the religion in my own mind. And I was fully woken up. All off of a t-shirt. Did you re-add that person on Facebook? <laughs> yes, we've reconnected and we've become fast friends. <laughs> I love I call, you know, that. like how you know, like how in the organization um we used to refer to the people who studied with studied with us till baptism, like your spiritual mother or father. She, she's my unspiritual mother. That's what I call her. <laughs> okay, Mandy, I'm going to ask you the same question. What made you decide to leave? So I'm an ex-mo. I was born in the covenant. Uh, my parents joined the LDS religion in the like really early 80s, like 1980. Um, so I was born in the covenant, raised in it my whole life baptized at eight, all that good stuff. Um, and then when I was 19, I went on a blind date with a guy and his parents happened to be eczema. And, um, I was kind of doing, you know, the teenage thing of like, kind of in, kind of out, uh, didn't want to disappoint my parents and all that. And so I was like, well, I'm just, you know, his parents were Mormon. Maybe, you know, he'll, he'll join the religion with me and I will get married in the temple and everything will be great. Right. And so his parents were like, look, we really like you, but we can't let you do this. And so uh, without being pushy, they just kind of told me, you know, there's a lot of things you don't know about your religion. Um, and his mom and I had developed a relationship well enough that I think she knew what it was going to take to get me out. And she gave me a book on Mountain Meadows Massacre. And after that, I just couldn't stop looking into all the history of the church, like the real history, the stuff that was hidden. And uh, yeah, I was out. And that was in, I want to say that I got my letter and I was officially out by January of 2007. So I've been out almost 17 years. Did and you marrying? So I did get married, um, never been married in the temple, just, you know, left, left the church, didn't even have like a Mormon wedding. Um, we did get divorced, but we're still really close. We have two kids together. Um, and then I did get remarried and I have another kid. So I have three kids. Um, and yeah, like, I feel really lucky that I got out. Um, I feel really lucky that somebody took me aside and said, Hey, this isn't really <laughs> what you think it is. Um, so yeah, that's mine. I like it. 
Um, so let's see, Riley, you're actually the first XJW that I've had that I've had to interview. Um, and also for everyone who doesn't know, Riley was one of my first friends on TikTok when I first left the organization. His videos were really helpful for me. So can you talk a little bit about uh, what you what you do online and like the videos that you put out and why you put them out? Yeah, sure. So um, while I was waking up, I absolutely binge watched XJW content as most people do. And the videos that I found most helpful to me weren't just the ones that dismantled the doctrine, but the personal stories, like people telling how, you know, their experiences in the organization, how they woke up, what it was like after they left. And I just felt a huge responsibility to pay it forward, to contribute to others in the way that others have contributed to me. So I done my own XJW testimony video and I uploaded it to YouTube, but I had it as a um, an unlisted video on my YouTube channel for a few weeks before I decided to make it public because I was just so apprehensive. You know, I was worried about what people would think about me, especially, you know, my witness relatives. I was, worried, was very worried about how they would receive it. Um, but then I just thought to myself, screw them they're shunning me why should I <laughs> why should I you know live my life according to to what they think you know so I I uploaded it and it just went on from there I just I found it extremely therapeutic extremely therapeutic so I just did another one and another one and another one yeah I know your videos helped me and lots and lots and lots of other people too so thank you for saying screw it and uploading <laughs> Your presence online is, um, Mandy, are you on TikTok or anything like that? I am. I am on TikTok. I, I started out making more Exmo content. It was so delightful because, so I left so long ago that like, I didn't even know about Reddit. Um, I just happened across this website and actually it was from the band, the used They're a local Utah band. Um, in their thank yous, it was recoveryfrommormon.org, recoveryfrommormonism.org. So that was like the only resource I had when I left. So to then be in my thirties and see all these people talking about all of this stuff that I had to dig so hard for on TikTok and see it's so available was so, it, it reopened the wound in a way and kind of helped me heal it better than I had before. Because there wasn't, I didn't have, I'm the only person in my family that left. I have three older sisters. They all, even though two of them don't go and don't participate, they, they still believe at their core, you know? So I didn't have anybody to talk about. So just to discover TikTok and see people talking about all these things that I'd never been able to talk to anybody about was so exciting. So I have like a few ex-Mormon videos. There was a, you know, an ex-Mormon party. Um, that I went to here where a bunch of us from TikTok that are in, in the local area here in Utah got together and, you know, there's, we're praying over sacrament shots and, you know, just, just having that ability to be that kind of irreverent with people who get it and who get the trauma of what was behind that, that 
that has been the best thing about finding that Exmo TikTok and, you know, ex Jehovah's Witness TikTok and, and finding all these people who are deconstructing. It's, it's very therapeutic. It's very cathartic to have that to share with other people. I love it. I actually started off watching ex-Mormon videos because I was like, like Riley had said earlier, the apostate, like they, you're scared of them as a Jehovah's witness. And so like, I was terrified. Like I, I knew I was like struggling. I didn't want to be a Jehovah's witness anymore, but I was still way too scared to watch actual XJW stuff. So I was like, let's just watch the Mormons instead. They got me too. Um, so yeah, thank goodness for the internet. Am I right? Heck yeah. So much, so much more knowledge out there than there's been. It's so nice to see. And I think it's like a snowball effect that the more we put out there, the more that there is to be seen, the more likely it is going to reach people who, who need to hear it, who are ready to hear it. Oh, exactly. And I think it's great um, having these different perspectives too, because like you were out for, you said 17 years? Almost before. 17 years, yeah. And that was how long before you, how long have you been doing stuff online? Um, I, I, like everybody else, I found it during the pandemic, you know, it's been three or four years is all. Yeah. So that's wild to have left healed and then come back to it. Um, Mm -hmm. because I mean, it's honestly, it's a lifetime of healing from, Oh, absolutely. From these high control groups, especially for those of us who were, basic who are born in or basically born in. So that's a very, very nice perspective to have. Cause like me and Riley, we are fresh little babies out here in the real world. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Okay. So I'm just going to ask you both one more question before we sign off for today. Um, What is a piece of advice you would give to someone who was in a similar situation to you or like a younger version of yourself when it comes to leaving the cult, whoever wants to go first can, whoever, whoever has an answer. Um, I'll go first if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I would say is you have nothing to fear from information. You have absolutely nothing to fear from information. If somebody's telling you, don't read this or don't look at that, there is a reason why. And that reason is not in your interest, it's in theirs. So if you have any reason to doubt what you've been taught, you've got nothing to lose by trying your very best to verify that. Nothing to lose whatsoever, whichever way it turns out. Because if you verify what you've been taught and it strengthens your faith in what you believe, then that's a win. If it completely dismantles what you've been taught or what you believe, that's also a win because now you're no longer living a lie. And when I say there's nothing to lose, that's not completely accurate because as we know, with high control religions, sometimes you lose a lot, like friends and family. Um, you know, as anyone being shunned will, will, will tell you. But, into it, but if truth is something that is important to you, then you can only win by, by looking. So don't be afraid to look. I love that. I do too. I think you need to make a don't be afraid to look t-shirt. 
I'd buy it. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> if you don't make one, I will. <laughs> okay, Mandy, what would your advice be? I would say mine's very similar in the way of like, I think if you're if you're already looking, you're already questioning, don't ignore that instinct. Don't don't let them continue to tamp down your instinct. Clearly, you have good instincts if you're looking. So yeah, don't be afraid of that. Trust, trust your instinct. Don't, don't let them quell that. Don't, if you're constant, like, cause that was mine. My whole life was, is this, how do I know that it's not my brain telling me this? And how do I know it's God? And so I think if you have those, just, just allow yourself to go with that for sure. Don't, don't be afraid to look. I like that. I, I think that would be mine too. Just don't be scared of it. Just, just look, it's okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so do you guys want to go ahead and tell everyone what your social medias are, where they can find you online? Uh, sure. Mine, everything is, should be Mandy XC official. Um, I'm on TikTok, Instagram. I think that's it. I don't really do anything else, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And Riley. And I am Jexit2020 on Instagram, uh, TikTok, and YouTube. Oh, and Twitter as well. Okay, so that's where you can go to find our co-host. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, So yeah, if you guys want to be interviewed by someone other than me, you can (laughs) hop on the schedule with Mandy or Riley at some point. Um, Thanks for coming on today, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. If you are interested in donating to our nonprofit to help those who have left a high demand religion or cult with housing, food, medical, physical or mental health, education and or legal expenses, please check out our website in the show notes.